0: You are listening to the Too Sorry Excuses podcast, and for that, I apologize.
1: Hello, and thanks for downloading the Too Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal, Sanders.
0: And I'm your good buddy, Liv.
1: If you're keeping score at home, this is episode 98, the April Fool's edition.
0: <laughs> April Fool's edition.
1: <laughs> Bada
0: bing. Happy April Fool's Day, buddy. Yeah, happy April Fool's Day to you. April 1st was the original due date for the newest member of the DeSantis clan.
1: Hudson uh, Quinn Gamitter. Hudson Quinn, what's the last name? Gamitter. Oh, it's not Cooney. <laughs>
0: oh, don't worry. Oh, don't worry. We're gonna get the Cooney soon enough, buddy.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, but yes, the youngest of the Desantis children had the oldest of her children today. Uh, no, a couple of days ago, I guess the kid was. Oh, that's the uh,
1: firstborn, huh?
0: Yeah. He yeah. um, he was supposed to come April 1st, but I guess he was breech, and uh, uh, he wouldn't turn around. So they had to schedule um, uh, one of those uh, Caesar salad sections.
1: Yeah, yeah. The C section. Yes. Yeah. So he
0: came a couple of days early, um, I think on the 28th might have been uh, his birthday, two days ago, um, which, let's see, uh, November, September, October, November, December, January, February... March, that's it. He's the, he was born on the half birthday. I don't know if that's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Cole's birthday is uh, September 28th. Okay, say so it. That, so it. So it's September 28th, and uh, that makes uh, that makes Hudson born on the uh, the half birthday of the eldest Desant, the eldest of five Desantis grandkids.
1: Okay, Although so the oldest and the youngest are separated by six months.
0: By six months, eight years. By I mean, six months.
1: years, but
0: yeah, effectively exactly.
1: six months in terms of when they'll be celebrating their birthdays.
0: Yeah, so uh, he came home today. My sister uh, and Eric, uh, Gmitter, Uncle Eric, as we call him, Trevor Cooney. Yes, as he's Uncle affectionately Trevor ref- Cooney. He's affectionately referred to on this podcast. Uh, they're <laughs> home and they've got the whole, uh, the head to tail, the whole damn thing is hanging out down in Washington, D.C. My parents went down and will stay um, for a little while. And Eric's parents were in town. And Josh and his family went down. And yeah. Jeremy and uh, and his family's going down on the weekend. And
1: Oh, man, that's got to be kind of overwhelming for your sister, huh? <laughs> I can imagine, right? I mean, like you just. You not only did you give birth, you had to get surgery to give birth, too, you know? Right, right. Now, I mean, like, yeah, it's great every what's your a baby, but do you want all 20 people there at once? Because <laughs> what about, right. I'm sure his, you know, his family's probably all down there, too, huh? Well,
0: he's the uh, only child. Oh, okay. So it's a little uh, it's a little lighter on his side. Well, you know, side. his
1: parents are definitely there, then, since oh, he yeah, is the only
0: child. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but they're uh, they're real good. Yeah, like handling families and and chaos and yeah. He's just so mild mannered and like just you know the guy who you take a road trip with.
1: Yep, and a guy who just keeps jacking up threes no matter how many times he <laughs> misses them, or like keeps taking the possible game winning shot every game even though he's never made one. <laughs> uh, so, I wanted- but then he redeems himself when he plays the plucky little Jesuit school in the Sweet Sixteen.
0: <laughs> I um, I was going to give you a pass on on this until at least a little later, but I was going through some old text mess. Oh no, no, I was I threw something up on on Twitter today, which yeah. posts directly to Facebook. So I happened to see. Um, a Facebook uh, message that you had posted a couple weeks ago that um, essentially called out Cooney. I can't remember. Oh, it's uh, how the boys felt watching Trevor lay that brick at the end of the pit game today. Yes, yeah, and, so it's it's,
1: uh, and it's Fozzie.
0: And it's Fozzie. Oh, a fitting tribute to the, the day before. Oh, yeah. no, that same day.
1: Yeah, or a that fitting was tribute good to riddance. Trevor
0: Cooney. Good riddance.
1: Um, <laughs> well, that time, who. I mean, I was pretty certain we weren't going to the tournament. I didn't even check in on the selection show on Sunday. Uh yeah, I I, I would say you're right. I
0: would say you're right. But regardless, um, I don't you I, I don't share that sentiment. I have not shared that sentiment.
1: Yeah, only because you see you look in your brother in law's face and you see Trevor Cooney, so you're kinda torn.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it has—it no, has nothing
1: to do with logic. If Trevor or, Cooney looked like Coquette, you'd have no problem throwing him under the bus constantly.
0: <laughs> throwing him under the blazer, you mean?
1: Yes. <laughs> no, not the blazer. Throwing him under blazer. Under blazer.
0: <laughs> Peters, can you believe it? Blazer threw snow at her. <laughs>
1: no article at all just blazer he doesn't blazer. name his car he just calls it whatever the, you know like there are people like carla calls her car stanley or whatever you know and right. what i don't know what she calls the new car but he refers to it it's like me i'm gonna you know oh camry's parked out front <laughs>
0: First day of school, uh, junior year. That's the year he lived with us. First day of school, uh, we're all kind of sitting around the house, hanging out. People would come at different times and um, you know, kind of staggered our arrivals. And he was the last one to come. And he shows up, whatever it was. It's the beginning of school, so it could have been a Tuesday. It could have been a Wednesday. It wasn't a big night out, but we were all headed out anyway. He pulls up just before we get ready to go out. And he goes, oh, wait, guys, wait for me. I don't want to even do the coquette voice because I like, I don't I don't do it justice. But yeah. insert Mike Peters doing coquette here. Yes,
1: yeah, lots of slurping going on. <laughs> and
0: he says, "I'll be right back." Uh, I got to get shit out of my car, and he runs. I got to get shit out of blazer, and he goes out to his car, and he comes back with two handfuls of flannel shirts. You know, like the uh, LL Bean type of yeah of shirt that was the tartan shirt that was very popular back then. Yep. And that's all he wore ever. Hangs him in his closet, and we head out. Next morning, he wakes up, and he comes back, and goes out to his car, comes back into the house, and goes, you guys aren't going to believe this, but my car got robbed. And we're like, what? And he's like, yeah, all the stuff in my car got stolen. My TV, my DVD player. My disc man, all my CDs, all my—we were like, yeah. And all you brought in were six
1: flannel button-down shirts. Yeah, whoever things. stole all that stuff definitely wasn't looking for LL Bean shirts. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Know? He left all the valuable shit in his car in a in a in a decently bad neighborhood.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The people in that neighborhood. If all you if you were left it open and all they saw out with the shirts, they were gonna keep walking by. Right. Right. Coquette. But he leaves the TV and all the electronics and everything in there. As Bugs Bunny would say, what a maroon. (laughs) Um
0: I don't know how we got to Coquette, but
1: Because you were talking about where we differ on Trevor
0: Cooney, oh uh, yes, and yes, he that look like coquette,
1: yes, uh, I which is a truth held
0: steadfast, and it's absolutely true, and it's it's a, um, it's not a logical attraction, it it's it's simply based on a unassociated emotion. Yep. My, my brother-in-law didn't go to Syracuse. My brother-in-law doesn't play basketball. Um, my brother-in-law has a beard and a cherubic face. Yeah, he's not from Delaware either, right? Ironically, his parents now live in Delaware. Okay. So that's where the whole connection comes.
1: Interesting. Comes full Interesting. circle. Well, I mean, I'll say this much about Trevor Cooney. Yes, I am hard on him. I mean, I think everybody's hard on him. He 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 takes he's taking the game winning shot many a times. He's never hit one of those game winning shots. Uh did he play great in the past, in the last five minutes of that Gonzaga game the other night? Yes. He did. But like the other day, you know, I mean the guy's legacy at least he has that gun for him because for his Awful as he was, you know, he he has endeared, endeared himself with everybody for the way he played in that game, you know. So I will say that, but still, he's not hitting shots. No, 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 absolutely, you're right. And I was talking to my dad
0: about this, and we don't, we don't, we tend to not kind of dissect things in in this manner. Um, but I think this is a this is kind of astute, and I think it's relevant on most teams for the last four years. Trevor Cooney's not the number one option in clutch time. No, in, in most major college programs, most top tier programs. For us, he's been forced to be the number one, the number one option. And 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 probably when they're drawing up that team, for all four years, there's somebody who is on the horizon that's going to take that mantle. So you know whether it's Ennis. Is gonna be you know a sophomore, and he's the number one option, or I mean, he was number one option as a freshman. But you know what I mean. Like yeah. you've got a bunch of guys leave, or a bunch of guys underperform, that just keep throwing the, the the everything on on Cooney's shoulders, just back onto him. Okay, well let's Cooney's number one option by default now. Yeah, he's, and he's not a number one option, so. When that happens, that's the kind of result you're going to get. Hopefully, hopefully he saved everything. He saved the best for last.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope so. He's the uh, even though Coleman was on the roster, he was hurt in 2013 when the Final Four rolled around, and Benajay was sitting out a year because of transfer rules. So therefore Cooney is the only player in Syracuse history to play in two final fours or will be once Saturday rolls around. Are you aware of that?
0: Um, now I, you are, I am because I made a note of, of, uh, pointing out the fact that he played <clears throat> in 2013 at Roscoe and I were talking about it and uh Roscoe's, you know, super amped and, uh, you know, he just keeps walking around saying, I can't believe we're in the Final Four. I can't believe in the Final He's Four. He's not heading
1: down there? I know Guy no. and Lexi are on their way. Guy yeah. texted me the other night. And I'm like, I'm just, whatever. I will talk about that later, but go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, Lexi's super fan. Yeah, I know. I mean, her and her sister, they go everywhere. Is her sister going? Probably, but I mean, her sister was posting pictures of them, of Lexi and her and some friends at the 2013 Final Four. You know, so oh, I wouldn't be surprised true. if she does go.
0: That's true. They did. Do, they did go to that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I said to Roscoe, I said, "Well, you're kind of, uh, you're kind of insatiable now. What, what were you like in 2011 when we hadn't gone for you know almost a decade?" And he's like, "Yeah, tell you the truth, I don't remember." I mean, 2013 when we hadn't gone in a decade, and he was like, "I don't, I don't
1: remember." I kind of like a lost, yeah, but lost memory it for it is, me. Is like. You know, you're so, because we go so rarely, you're so super, super excited when we do go. You know, and then this year is even doubly sweet because we weren't expected to do anything. Everything's, it's all gravy now. It's Lanyap a little extra something. I would love to win it all, but even, but if we don't win it all, it's like we weren't supposed to be here. Yeah. You know, we're playing with house money. I mean, we've been playing with house money since we got into the tournament, basically. Oh no doubt. You know, I mean, that's what I think helped them out with those comebacks against Gonzaga and Virginia. Because what do you have to lose? It's not like, like when we lost to Vermont years ago and all these other upsets, like losing to Butler. It's like we had all this pressure on us, you know. And it's like now it's just like, man, you can do whatever the hell you want. That was like Beheim said the other day when they said at the press against Virginia. He's like, well what does it matter? You got to do something, you know, it's either you're going to lose by 25 or seven, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he did yeah, say yeah, no. like a range of numbers. It's like, we're we're getting our asses kicked anyway. You got to do something. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely helped because, you know, I mean, I remember watching that Vermont game and you're seeing us wilt because it's like. You know, they feel like they should just win the game now. It's like the shoe's on the other foot. The teams were playing. You know, they're the ones wilting because they should be beating us. You know, and they have everything gone for them. And then we just, two games in a row, we just turned the screws on and they fell apart. You know? So
0: in the four games that they've played, I, I think they've played every type of game that you can play. In a, yeah. you know, in a, in a, in a, uh, what's it called? It's a best. Uh, in the a tournament? What's it called? Yeah, well, one and done, in a one and done yeah. tournament type of deal. You know, the, um they turned it on in the second half against Dayton. Yep. They, um they came out early against Middle Tennessee, let them back in the game and then put them away. Yep. They played tough against Gonzaga. The entire Gonzaga first half, I was not concerned or stressed or or um, or feeling like we didn't have that under control. They were just hitting crazy three.
1: Well, I mean, that's what I remember thinking. I was like, they're not gonna. This kid's not gonna be hitting twenty eight footers the whole game, you know? Right, and welcher guy. And we were playing we were
0: playing them tough, we just weren't getting shots to fall, and we weren't getting breaks and we turned it on in the second half and 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 got some luck our way and then the Virginia game was totally different, it, even though it looked from afar a lot like the Gonzaga game, we weren't in the game like we were in the Gonzaga. I was worried, you know, I was like,
1: yeah, well, because we started we're our ass out. Well, to us i one thing I was worried about was. Early on, we kept forcing turnovers, but we weren't converting. Like, when we should have been able to build a lead, we weren't making shots. Exactly. You know, like, we held Virginia. Virginia had, like, two points, like, five minutes into the game, you know? But we weren't converting. It was friggin' frustrating.
0: And uh, and Virginia was good. Yeah, like, yeah. They're I a mean, better team than Gonzaga.
1: I'll, let me... Um, one thing about Cooney, though, just to go back before we talk about Virginia, because I have some feelings on them. I had feelings on them before we played him this weekend. Uh, Cooney, who is playing in second foul four, yes, stuff has already been put on him. Uh, I don't know why it was put on him to – you remember when Trish filed out of the game against Michigan in 2013 and we had one last shot, and for some reason – they put Cooney in the game and were like, here, man, you go do something. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I was watching and of that course, game. he And of course, he failed miserably. I was,
0: and that, wouldn't. Was, that was the game we, we talked about. We actually did a podcast about it. It was one of our really, really early podcasts, I think. Yeah, it
1: must have been because we started in November 2013. And uh, Wait, so how'd that work? I mean we might have been just talking about it in general. Oh, maybe. I
0: mean
1: maybe because we, it no, was no, no. the next it was the season before.
0: Yeah, so we were I think we were recounting it. Um, yeah. because I went to uh, a bar to watch the game and at halftime they switched over to a UFC fight.
1: Yeah, I remember you telling me that, yeah.
0: Uh luckily we knew somebody who, who got that uh remedied, but I remember sitting there watching, it was Ange and I, the chick who walked our dog and a couple other random people. And um yeah, just those last those last couple seconds or, or when Trish fouled out, I remember going, okay, oh, wait, this isn't going to be good. Yeah. This. What are they doing? Yep. And then not surprised that he didn't make the shot. I mean, obviously, I would have loved for him to make it, but that's such a tough spot to be in.
1: Yeah, so, Um, and unfortunately, that's kind of been like, a recurring theme in his career. But that was just totally like, I remember thinking, why the hell are they calling a play for him? He hasn't even been playing in the game, you know, like he was like, just basically pulled off the bench to go run. You know, it's like, we couldn't set up anybody to like pass the ball to, you know, I don't know. I remember just, that was very frustrating. Hey, one thing I
0: never, uh, I've never gotten my head around. Is why did he red shirt?
1: I mean, I think they just red shirt him because they wanted him to, uh, because they could. You know, they wanted him to be older. They knew he'd know, be a he, four-year player. Was no threat to go to the pros or anything?
0: Okay. All right.
1: I mean, I think that's kind of what it was all about. Because obviously, it didn't have to do with the. Uh, I mean, it was like you know, just uh I guess he technically didn't redshirt, or maybe he did technically redshirt. I don't know. Michael yeah, Carter Williams. Oh you know?
0: no! Yeah, no, he didn't technically. Yeah, right. he didn't technically he got redshirt,
1: but we just didn't play him. But Cooney, you know, he's never going to run away to the pros anyway.
0: You know. Yeah, I guess we were pretty deep then. We had Dion Waiters. We had Scoop Jardine. Yep. Um, I mean,
1: Cooney. Uh,
0: Trish was on that team. Beheim
1: wasn't going to play him anyway.
0: Yeah, you know? so he might right. as
1: well redshirt him. Right, right, right. Because, you know, sense. he doesn't. even when we have more players, he rarely plays that many people. Yes.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: You know, so, I mean, it's not like, like I think Trevor Cooney was a hell of a lot more amenable to it, you know. Like, I'm sure he was happy to be there for five years. You know? I would be. <laughs> you were. Yeah, I was there for five years. Yeah, it was great i was a red shirt (laughs) but i mean he even graduated early i mean not early but he graduated in four years right you know so i know he's like a grad student now so he's got that going for him but um but uh back to virginia see my my view on virginia is like yes they are good yes they have a really gaudy record for the past three years, they've won 30 30 and this year 29 games, and they have nothing to show for it. But which is fine with me because I felt this way about them for a while now. They are such a front, an affront to the sport of basketball and how it should be played. <laughs> How's that? Well, okay. Right. What conference are they in? The, the ACC. ACC. The ACC is the top basketball conference in the country. Hands down. Yes, hands down. All right. And they go out there and they play this bullshit Ivy League style, you know, where they drain the clock every time they get the ball. They are literally there's 300 something schools in Division One basketball. They are the last in terms of pace of play. (laughs) who the hell wants to watch that crap you know i mean fortunately we do have a shot clock do you know what the scores of the games would be if there was still no shot clock in basketball virginia was playing they'd go into that 35 to 31 games you know
0: they'd go into that four corners
1: offense oh yeah no one wants to watch that crap and no one wants to watch virginia so i'm glad so like you know the last two years when they got blitzed by Michigan State, it's like good. That's what you get for, you know, friggin' playing basketball like that. And then the other day we did the same shit to them. You know, it was all good and everything while they were playing their their lame ass friggin' pass it around for twenty eight seconds and didn't take a shot. Bullshit. You know, and then you know, and I mean that's how they do, it. and that's why they're able to play good defense because they pass it around so deliberately and then they all get back on defense you know there's no fast breaking in their game there's nothing it's boring it's terrible and i don't even think james naismith would like watching it so (laughs) they get everything that was coming to them especially because of london parantis who i can't stand who thought he was on top of the world when he hit his six three pointers and he was smelling his fingers and shit like that. Yeah, you remember that, weirded,
0: that. That weirded me out a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Like he was like a like he was like a teenager that just reached second base or whatever, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, friggin' that guy. And then the friggin' scrub on the bench, shrugging the shoulders. You know, which was such an epitome of a stereotypical UVA student. Oh, you know? totally. And when that happened in the first half, I was like, oh, I really hate these guys now. <laughs> so then later on, when we finally beat them, at the end of the night, I was like, thank God. And then, you know, I don't have DVR at my house because I don't have cable, but the other night I know they re aired it like at two in the morning. So I DVR'd it at my parents' house. And I was, so I went there last night and I watched it. At the very end, you see the handshake line, and I see that guy in the back of the handshake line, you know, just kind of, you know, obviously disappointed. And I was like, "Yeah, that was even better.") <laughs> <laughs> All it was we can even hope. Better seeing that guy sad at the end of the line.
0: <laughs> All we can hope is that that doesn't make it into one shining moment.
1: <laughs> no, I if it does make it in
0: one time moment, that's awesome because No, 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 not the sad part. The 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 hands of
1: No, I'm saying if the hands do make it in there, that's great as far as I'm concerned. Because every time I'll see that, it'll remind me, yeah, look at that asshole, little did, He was all gloating and freaking 30 minutes later, they were they were in awe, you know, they were in shock. <laughs> Seriously, I hope it gets in there. Every time I see that guy, you know, and you go through and you see all these jerk who are posting, you know, knee-jerk stuff during the game on Twitter and whatnot, you know? And, like, there was something... I saw Noon's Magician might have linked to it, some blog or whatever that was obviously done during the game, you know? It was, like, whatever that guy's name is. Curvin or something, whatever his name was and said he broke the internet and had a picture of him and they posted it during a game and I think it must have been a Virginia blog or something and there was one comment on it put afterwards and it was <laughs> it was obviously some Syracuse guy like you know oh I can't believe we blew the lead or something you know it's like <laughs> to me that's awesome you know that that is memorialized that everybody can mock him
0: <laughs> yeah, well that just goes to I, I take a little bit of a different spin on it. As as rewarding as it would be to see him as the uh you know as the symbol of Virginia's collapse, I'm I'm t I'm just tired of these bench
1: mobs. Well, I mean also he sat there holding that thing for a long time. You remember that? He held that pose. Oh forever. Yes forever it's because
0: everybody knows that that's going to get captured it's going to get on sports center it's going to get you know a meme it's going to get a blog it's going to get just get on the bench sit on the bench
1: <laughs>
0: if you don't take your warm up shirt off you yep. shouldn't
1: even get out of your seat i mean the good thing is you know speaking of bench mobs Monmouth is making it to the Final Four. Good news. Bad news, it's Christian White, the kid from Monmouth, who transferred to Syracuse. You, you see the little white guy with the ponytail? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a Monmouth transfer. Um, is that the kid who... Uh, who got hmm. laid out by Benge when they went... Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, he went to CBA. Okay, yeah, he's... Uh, CBA, oh, wait a man. Did
1: he go to CBA? I don't know. I think he's from Rochester.
0: No, so. he's from Rochester. Yeah. There is um. There's a CBA kid on the roster. I don't I don't remember who exactly who it is.
1: Yeah, it must be one of the walk-ons, right?
0: Um. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He um. But he's transferring next year.
1: Who is Christian C- White? Well, yeah. But As he's, a grad student. Yeah, because he can actually go somewhere and play somewhere.
0: Right, which is kind of strange.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's never going. He was never going to play at Syracuse, though. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which, why go? I mean, I, I know uh, maybe exactly why we went. What's and exactly. Exactly. Hold on. Hey, <laughs> I'm talking Syracuse basketball. <laughs> um, I guess maybe the same reason he's. We went and. F- for all the reasons that we're seeing, you know, yeah, he, he he's going, he's traveling to the Final Four with the team. He got to play with the team. He got to play for Bayheim. All right, I get it, I get it. Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, he might as well go somewhere and play a year. But I mean, he got to ride along with this, you know. Yeah. good So for that's him. pretty awesome. But he's great, man. Every time you see him in the locker room and stuff, he's always celebrate hardcore.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've had a bunch of those kind of bench guys uh, over the years. Yeah. 5'10 white guys, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And occasionally um, they'll get into a game. I've seen them get into the St. John's game occasionally, um, you know, or the Cornell game.
1: Things yeah. of
0: that nature. Um yeah. <laughs> Sean Belby number three freshman guard
1: Uh, that's a kid from CBA 5'10 white kid yeah yeah yeah. love those guys 5'10 white kid (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um, yeah the bench mobs like that's the I don't know that's why people want Monmouth to be in there I guess you know
0: yeah I'm glad they didn't (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just don't understand why you know how uh, syracuse i guess is very polarizing for whatever reason you know
0: oh, what what are you what, what were you gonna say you don't understand why people hate
1: Well everybody's going for? mama should have been there not syracuse it's like well, what about tulsa and vanderbilt you know why don't you go after the schools that got their ass well Tulsa shouldn't have been there anyway. They lost to Michigan. But, like, Vanderbilt got friggin' stomped, you know, in the playing game they played, you know? It's like, you know, I think we had a deserving spot before Vandy ever did, you know?
0: Oh, no, there's no question. Yeah.
1: Monmouth didn't make the tournament,
0: they didn't make the tournament.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the other thing is, yes, I'm sure it has something to do with the fact, like an article I read before the... the uh, Actually, it was between the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight talking about, you know, uh, it was talking about Syracuse being there. It was like, but the other thing is, you know, why are they getting over Monmouth? Well, look at the crowd there. I guarantee you they're bringing more people to Chicago than Monmouth would have. You know? Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And Monmouth, Monmouth has one person to blame. Angie? Themselves. <laughs> themselves they lost to Iona twice yeah in a three-week span
1: yeah I mean they they knew what the deal was they knew they had the they knew the only way they guaranteed to get in there was by beating Iona in the uh, tournament
0: even if they lose to him in the tournament you can't lose to them at home
1: at the end of the season no but still even if they had beat him at home during the season they still knew they still would have known what the deal is you know
0: I agree.
1: I agree. The max for one, it's a one. Yeah, a one outside of real extraordinary circumstances, it's a one-bid league. You know? And they're going to. And all their great wins didn't look like such great wins anymore, too. You know? And, UCLA ended up sucking, you know?
0: Absolutely. And they get waxed by a mid-major at home. Yeah, the and IT. they
1: an the army beat the hell out of them.
0: So. I mean, suck it, Mom. Suck it, Mammoth. You know. So
1: yeah. So, Mammoth can suck it. I don't. Know. <laughs> I wish them great success going forward. But you know, anybody's still, you know, because they got people who are still beating that drum, you know. Yeah. You know the the friggin' Pat Forties of the world. Oh, he's the worst. You know, like. uh Before the Sweet 16, this guy, Stuart Mandel, who I think writes for Fox Sports now, but I think he was an SI guy, you know, he had the six, the likability list, and it was the 16 down to one, 16 being the least likable. And he has Syracuse at number 16. Somehow he had Duke only at 14, you know? Um, (laughs) You know, it was for all these typical smarmy reasons why Syracuse shouldn't be likable, and then, uh, and I've also known what all Pat 40 crap has been said over the time, you know? So last night I get a text from Jacob and it's a link. So I click on it, you know, and I see the the, head, the heading about likability of final four. I see about Pat 40 and i just closed it <laughs> without even looking at it. I was, to Jacob. I was like, I closed that as soon as I saw that it was Pat 40. I was like, that guy doesn't like Syracuse.
0: Here's the problem is that there are there are some very notable, very vocal Syracuse haters. Gottlieb, Seth Davis. Yeah.
1: Who else is on that list traditionally? Is Forty on that list? 40's definitely on that list. Forty's yeah. on that list more than anybody, because he kept putting all this terrible stuff. You know, and um I was like, that guy's a dick. He just hates Syracuse. And, and Jacob sympathizes because forty, I guess, is really harsh towards SEC football schools. Okay. So, so Jacob said something about like that. I was like I was like I was like, of course. I knew we would be last on it. We were actually tied with North Carolina because he said some shitty crap right after that anyway, right after it was clinched to be S U versus UNC about uh you know, about the two uh criminal rogue programs playing each other basically. Uh, Right, right, right. Like right away he says something. And I was like, sorry, uh I said Jake texted back about the Stuart Mandel thing, you know, who had same type of list. And I was like, anybody that's doing a likability list anyway, I think is probably kind of a dick. (laughs) So there you go. And that's how I feel about people that are going to do a list of the the likeable teams. It means you're probably a dick if you're writing that frigging column to begin with.
0: Well, here's the, here's the, here's the problem: is that those guys are colossal douchebags. The, yeah. the the guys that we named. But here's the problem: is that the guy who's singing our praises is just a big of a dork. Who's that? J. Adam Sh- Adam Shine. Oh yeah, yeah. Adam
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's who we got. Yeah, I mean, Jay Billis has been quiet, but uh, but I know he, he's pro-Syracuse, you know? And I do like Billis. I do, I like, I like Billis. I like Billis because he's always gone off like, I follow him on Twitter. He's, he's, he's very anti-NCAA. So that's another thing, you know, <laughs> another feather in his cap as far as I'm concerned. And he also stood there and called the whole... Friggin' Bayheim and Q's punishment, a bunch of bullshit anyway, you know. Yeah. His
0: uh his Twitter feed is one of the uh, is one of the top three Twitter feeds.
1: Yeah. He's yeah one of he's, the better better Twitter followers yeah. follows. Derek Coleman, Jay Billis, and Doug <laughs> <laughs> setting them up. In no particular order.
0: Smacking them out. <laughs> <laughs> That's pre production. How do you like that?
1: Yep. Nice well, Tribut, the other day, you know, doing that group text, I got like a one-off text from a number, and I was like, Oh, uh, who is it saying, you know, such and such playing Cooney in the movie or something. And I'm like, haha, who is this? You know, it was a six one seven number. Yeah. <laughs> and he responded, Oh, this is Doug Trevo, I was asking Reardon the same thing about whose number this was. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, all right." I was like, and I told him, "Hey, man, for what's worth, you're a good follow on Twitter, or whatever." He's like, "Oh, you can tell that to my wife, you know, when I'm she's trying to pull me away from the computer at night, you know." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'm not getting involved with your marital situation." <laughs> <laughs> how, um, how did you
0: become? I don't even know if you're tight with Chabu, but how did you become friendly with Chabu? Just from your time in
1: Boston? No, no. I mean, Chabu used to just he used to just come up with you guys or come all around when you guys would come up for the weekends. Okay. You know, in Syracuse. Yeah, all right. That's how all I knew right. Chabu, because it was like, oh, you know, and I don't know, man. I talked to him a lot when he would visit there. Uh, Chabu's a good from, guy. Because he was from Reading, the same town as Stevo.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. so
1: I remember talking to him about that. I mean, it's not like he he wasn't buddies with Steve-O. Right. But, I mean, he was aware that Dan Ensminger was, like, on the town council or whatever it
0: was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Tribu's a good, uh, he's a good, um, he's a good guy to chat with.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was always, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I assume that that's just what was going on, but he was always good conversation. Yeah, yeah. I think he used to crash at eleven oh six too when he'd come up with like you guys would. Okay. Because you remember sense. when you guys would come up, everybody would just be crashed all all over the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like a homecoming weekend or whatever, it'd be wherever you'd ended up. You know. Right. You know, next thing you know, you got for you your brothers of the keg house. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's um... the guy on the couch who's. Screaming at their brothers in the keg house (laughs) mid-fight.
0: I think that might be our third ever episode. Yeah,
1: that was still funny because I still remember that to this day. Because I remember Shaggy and I were the last two awake. It's like 5 in the morning. And we're playing one-on-one Beirut, you know? And that guy just walked in. And he stuck his head in the... (laughs) Into the room, because it was that little back bedroom, you know, off of the um, off of the TV room, you know? Uh,
0: Joe Romano's room.
1: Yeah, yeah okay. And he, he's like, hey, Mac get I used to live here. And I remember Shaggy just giving this, we're like, oh, okay. And Shaggy giving, like, this dismissive look to him. <laughs> anyway, he stood there for like a couple minutes, and then anyway, he laid down on the couch. <laughs> uh,
0: so, episode episode three, brothers of the keg house. Yes, uh, you yes. recount the entire story. Yeah, so, I, we don't
1: need to recount anymore. <laughs> but, take but a. The uh, was, You're brothers of the keg house.
0: Take a listen to uh, to an old school download.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's something people can, if they want to, listen to the best of. So, um, so Saturday or Sunday? Uh, you, I assume you were with family during the uh, during the game, right? Uh, our game on Sunday? No, the uh, North Carolina game. Of course, our game. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said Saturday. I got confused. Why well, I said Saturday and I said Sunday?
0: I got confused. No, no, I was home. I was home. Um, Easter. Okay,
1: you were watching with Roscoe, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Easter was an early, uh, early in, early out.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I was home. I did some yard work. And then um, I settled down to watch the game. Nice. Which was a little annoying because all weekend I had watched via the uh CBS Sports app or the NCAA March Madness yeah, yeah. app, and I connected it to the Apple TV, which I then watched on the regular television.
1: Yep, that's what I do. Sure enough,
0: the Syracuse game. There's no, there's not enough Wi-Fi. It's breaking in. It's breaking out. Oh, really? I I think Thinking because on wireless. I do, but I think I think because Roscoe came home. And then he's got a phone and a iPad and a... Uh,
1: see, I make sure not to be screwing around all my other stuff when I do that because of that. Yeah. Because it does screw it up, you know, if you're if you're eating into the bandwidth. Yeah, yeah see, sorry. I'm lucky I'm only one person. If you got Roscoe there and he's screwing around with everything. Yeah. You know, or as I like to call him, drunk coal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is funny, which is funny. <laughs> but isn't Roscoe watching with you? Uh, that game? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But by that
0: point, I don't want to be like, it's your fault. Shut all your Wi-Fi off. So I just put it on my lap, on my desktop computer, which sits right under the TV and is, you know, probably ten inches smaller, but it's yeah. still the biggest TV I would have ever had from ages six to twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we just watched it. Doesn't on that. it
1: suck when you're like, you know, entering middle age and you gotta fucking do all this bullshit just to watch your team play? <laughs> it's so true. And he and he he had had
0: a couple drinks by then. Um, and was like, well, that's it. That's it. You know, we're going out. We're going to go out and watch a game. I'm like, no, the last thing I'm going to do is go out mid-game yep. to try to find a place. And the only place that I'd be confident enough to go and walk into would be Clancy's, which is the worst place to watch a game because it's nothing but yahoos. Ugh.
1: It's going to suck this weekend because it's on TBS, too.
0: I think I'm going to go watch the game in Jackson. My parents are out of town.
1: Oh, um, that's good.
0: So yeah. I don't want to mess around with it. And yeah. I'll bring bring Roscoe with me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, it does suck that it, it's going to be like this every other year until the contract runs out in 2024. Oh, next year, CBS will have it. Then TBS, you know. And who knows what the future is going to look like in 2024. Well,
0: we'll probably be able to stream the games in our flying cars.
1: Yeah, you know, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be something ridiculous. Imagine what it's going to be like eight years from now. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, I was, you know, my mother still works, and she had to work Easter, you know. Yeah. So she works overnight, too, you know. She works seven to seven. She's a nurse. Yeah. So she worked the night before on Saturday. So my si- originally, like we had discussed, we weren't, like, you know, I was saying we weren't going to do anything for Easter, and, you know, just like you weren't doing anything, basically, you know, or maybe not doing anything major. And I was perfectly fine with that. But then my sister, you know, she's, she's married, she has the kid, and she's like, oh, well, I'm going to do something. We're doing something anyway, you know, because Damien and her husband want the fried turkeys. You know, she's like, she sent a text message to all of us. Hey, Damien's frying turkeys. Everybody just make a side, you know? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, well, what time? She's like, three o'clock. What she did because to give my mom time to sleep and then be there for a couple hours before she has to go to work, you know? Sure. But I was like, three? I'm like, okay. and I'm, t- I'm having this text conversation with her like and. Probably it must have been Saturday, you know, because we already know what time the game is going to be. I'm like, I was like, but Syracuse game's at five o'clock, so I'm going to have to leave. She's like, you can watch the game here. And I'm I'm like, I don't like watching games there, you know, or anywhere else, you know. She's like, you can go into one of the bedrooms and watch it. I was like, ugh. But then Sunday rolls around, and of course, you know, you say three o'clock. That doesn't mean anything starts gone till 4 o'clock. Oh, right. So right. I had no choice but to basically watch the game there. And I'm sitting there, and they have a huge TV. And uh, I'm watching it. And, I mean, it wasn't a good scene, really. You know, because <laughs> everybody else, my brothers and the brother-in-law and my sister, and my one sister. My other sister was sick, so she wasn't there. But she sent her boyfriend over because to drop off the mashed potatoes she made and and drinks. And he's kind of annoying. He comes up and he's talking to me, but everybody else is just talking. And then uh, my mother's on the couch uh, and she's asking me stuff, you know, <laughs> like while the game's going on. At one point, I was like, "Mom, leave me alone." You know, but I kind of said it even shittier. I was like, just leave me alone. <laughs> Felt really bad about it. You know?
0: I do the, um, I do the weirdly passive aggressive <laughs> silence yeah. where I pretend I'm ignoring everybody, but I'm really just paying attention to them. One hundred percent.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I do that too. It sucks. And you're I just, you're acting like you're just watching the TV, but you can hear everything. Yeah, you right. know? And, and then, like, your senses are heightened. <laughs> yeah. Like like uh, the the boyfriend comes over for a couple of minutes. He keeps talking, and even my brother Josh, he'll talk doing stuff. And I'm like, like you know, he comes up at one point because he was recording at home anyway. Because he's a basketball nut. He's a sports mm-hmm. nut, so he watches all the games as it is. You know. Yeah. And he rec- he DVRs them, and he says at one point they've only scored eight points in such and such time. I was like yeah i know i'm watching you know because the last thing i want is to even talk about it you know right even if we were beating the hell out of them i don't even want to talk about it because it's bad bad luck you know exactly (laughs) so of course they're getting their asses kicked you know and uh, i'm waiting for the first half to end and i already had said it you know i'm like um and my brother Chris was there my my mother had driven him over with her uh and i'm waiting for the first and i was like all right i'm leaving I'm like you're leaving i'm like yeah i can't watch this here you know <laughs> it, it didn't help that we were getting our asses kicked i'm like i got to go home you know right. and and right when right even though i could have left with a couple of seconds left because there was like a timeout when there was 4 seconds left you know but i was like no i got to watch every minute of it and um I was like, all right, I'm leaving. And my mom's like, well, can you give your brother Chris a ride home? I was like, if he's ready to leave right now. <laughs> I'm like, "I'm like, all right, Chris, we're leaving right now. Let's go. And then my brother Josh is like, oh, wait, I got something I got to give Chris. You know, so, huh, so I brought him home, dropped him off, and then got to my house. And during that time, my buddy Ryan, who lives out in San Jose, that went to school there for like the first two years. You know, but he was always a Syracuse super fan. His grandfather was a professor at Syracuse, you know, so okay, he's always been a nut about it. You know, he's a Syracuse basketball nut. Uh, he, he's calling me and I'm like, all right, I got to get in the house. I get in and I do the whole thing where I turn it on through the friggin' NCAA tournament app thing. And I missed like a minute, you know, but, but I sat here and I was happy. I was like, if we're going to get our asses kicked. I want to. I want to watch this alone if we're getting our asses kicked, you know? And then when we made the comeback, I'm like, I'm happy to watch this alone, you know? And then later on, I texted my brother, Josh, because I felt bad because, you know, because like Friday night, he's like, oh, well, you're watching that game tonight? I'll come over and watch it with you, you know? And even that was kind of bothering me because even though he says he's not really rooting for anybody, I kind of feel like he was rooting for Gonzaga, (laughs) you know, because he was like, lamenting when they would fuck up. Oh, they're choking, you know? Right. (laughs) So I text, I was like, oh, did you watch the rest of the game? And he'd finally respond. He's like, oh, I I just finished watching the second half. I recorded it. He's like, congratulations. I was like, all right, I don't feel so bad, because it means that he just didn't sit there and watch the game without me. He was probably, you know, talking to my brothers and sisters or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's just so strange. As much as I kind of want to watch it with somebody who has the same rooting interest as me, I realize there's nobody who has the same rooting interest as me. Even Roscoe, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a, at one point, um, like, I don't know, we were up four with under 10 seconds to, to go, and maybe we hit a free throw... Yeah, Lydon
1: hit two free throws to make it five points.
0: Okay. Yeah. And then Virginia missed a three pointer.
1: Yeah, and then Coleman got the rebound.
0: Roscoe, when Coleman gets the rebound, Roscoe comes over to the couch and he and he bends down and he and he hugs me. Goes, we did it. And he's like, you're not even gonna hug me back. I'm like, there's still like seven seconds left. There were only a five.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. When, when well, there's that's what kind of bothered me since I was on the app. You know, you're behind the broadcast. Uh-huh. So friggin' Brown calls me. He calls me when there's still like three seconds of game time left, you know, which is annoying because you want to watch the end, you know? Right, right, You right. want to see them say, oh, Syracuse wins, you know? And I was like, oh, come on, man. You know, you're going to – I mean, I understand. problem is – you know, you're just always going to be a little behind, but I want to take it in by myself, and I think that's what you're saying.
0: Yeah. You or know? at least have it be official.
1: Yeah, that's that's the thing. You want to wait for And that's the same problem I had when he called me, same problem you're having when he's on you. Like, at that point, you know you're going to win, you know. Like, I'll tell you this much. When Leiden got that rebound with nine seconds left, we were up by three. Because you remember Benajay misses the first of two free throws. Yeah, which could have made it a four point game. They come down, shoot the three lighting catches it, you know, and he, and then they send them to the line hits both free throws. And when, when he hit the first one, it was like, uh it's like, we're going to win this game. <laughs> 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 you know, it's just like all welling up in me, you know, <laughs> and I'm not saying anything to anybody. It's just always sudden I could feel like this. <laughs> feeling the joy because people start texting me while the game was going on, like other friends, like not Syracuse people in particular, like my buddy's wife, uh, and they live in D.C., and she was texting me like as they were making a comeback. She's like, oh, this is great, blah, blah, blah. I, I just responded back nerves, you know, because it's yeah. like I'm not chalking this up as a victory just cause we've just because we've come all the way back and taken the lead now. <laughs> Right. When there was still three minutes left in the game. (laughs) I've watched way too
0: much college basketball in my lifetime, both as a fan and as an administrator, to know how the tide can turn.
1: Yep, and I've watched too much Syracuse. You know? Yeah. I mean, I've watched too much Syracuse. I grew up a Saints fan. I know what it looks like when when defeat is grabbed from the jaws of victory.
0: Yep, yeah. Because when Roscoe's coming over to hug me, if if Coleman misses one of those free throws, well, at that point there's two seconds left. But in my mind, there's still yeah. He did miss the second one, but didn't matter. Yeah. In in with with seven seconds left when he gets the rebound, it was more than two point four.
1: Well, when he gets but fouled. Tyler got his with nine seconds left.
0: Tyler got his with nine seconds left.
1: Nine point two, I think it was, when they filed him.
0: Well Coleman goes to the line with two. Yeah, two, seconds, two seconds left. Seconds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But when, when Virginia missed the the free throw, when missed the three pointer and that's when Roscoe hugged me.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: There's still a lot that can happen there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we gotta get the we gotta get the rebound.
1: Yeah, they've got to foul him. Possibly, you never know what could happen. Right. You know, I did like my favorite part was watching the rebroadcast. I do remember the other day when they said it. You know, it's like uh, one of I think it was Kevin Harlan said something about Virginia. (laughs) Uh, The you know, so many number one seeds have gone down. Two number one seeds have already gone down, and Virginia may go down. And it's and Coleman's walking to the line with a five-point lead and 2.4 seconds left. And Dan Bonner, who is the third member, uh, he's like, well, he's something like, well, if Virginia doesn't lose, it's going to be the biggest miracle ever or something. (laughs) 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 You know, because Harlan's still putting it out there because the game's not over. But it's 2.4 seconds left. They're down by five. How the fuck are they going to win this one?
0: (laughs) Right. 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 (laughs) <laughs> they they were tough to listen to
1: yeah yeah, yeah. they, well, they kind of like, sucked that's like reggie miller the shit he was saying was it friday or is it i think it must have been friday night when he kept saying stuff about oh the continuation i first time he said i remember my brother and i were watching. and i was like yeah if it was the nba and then later on he said it again in the second half about oh that should have been a continuation and i think Dan bonner at that point was yeah this isn't pro basketball
0: Right, yeah. it was like he was he was pleading a case for a rule change.
1: Yeah, but it's it's because all he does is NBA basketball. Right. You know, except for 3 weeks in March. You right. know? That's all he does. and It's all because of this bullshit Turner deal, which I hate. You know. Yeah, it's nice to be able to just flip around and see all the games live at once, but that doesn't even matter to me anymore because you know, I'm watching on an app anyway unless it's on CBS. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and if it was all in CBS, I could still watch it on an app, right? You
0: know? Right.
1: So I mean, but when I but when I do go over to my parents' house from the first weekends on, it's always a pain in the ass finding True TV. You know, because it's not something you've regularly have in the rotation. It's like, where the hell's True TV?
0: Oh right, right. You know,
1: and you know, there's like two thousand channels now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> It's like, you know, I don't know. They shouldn't even do numbers anymore. They should just do it alphabetically. You know, with these digital guides? Yeah. It's like, because, you know, it's like, oh, that's channel uh, 1353. What? Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the HD channels always have the thousands numbers or whatever. But it's like, it's like if you just had it all ordered alphabetically, or they do the thing where, Like this is what I love. Like, uh, like I know Directv does this because that's what my dad has in Mississippi. They group it by, uh, and they do it there too. Uh, The AT and T universe. They group it by what category it falls in, and it's like, all right, well, well, what is the station considered? You know, how do they categorize it? You know, like they got all these general interests, right, right, (laughs) right, like, you know, it's just such a. <laughs> they got stuff that doesn't fit in particularly. And it's like, well, where the hell am I looking for it? What what grouping of channels is it in? Oh, it's so annoying. True TV, and then you <laughs> feel like it's not even a real game if it's on True TV. Right. It's like, yeah. oh, no one must give a fuck about this if the shown on True. <laughs> being
0: a uh, being a television executive now must be so or a television uh, production executive must be so much easier than it was in like the 80s or even the 90s because they had to program regionally they yeah had co- they had to coordinate halftime shows there was a lot more art to the broadcast than there is now just oh right, we have uh, eight games huh? find eight channels and throw them up on on yeah. each channel. And yeah, we'll have a
1: different ridiculous.
0: we'll have a different studio show for each of the eight channels.
1: Yeah, well, that was what's weird. What they did now, I wonder. You know, like during the first weekend, intermittently, part of the day would be Ernie Johnson and the studio guys, and then the other half of the day would be Greg Gumbel and the studio guys. I mean, did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. you yeah, know, absolutely. Now I wonder. It's all been Greg Gumbel all the way even the games that were on TBS Sunday. But is it going to be Ernie Johnson doing it this weekend or Greg Gumbel? I don't know.
0: Oh, that's a good question. I would guess now they're locking in. I
1: think they would lock in Gumbel because it's his gig. Yeah. You know, but, but why would you even bring Ernie Johnson for the first round? I just you think know, like, what's even can. the point? I think because they can. Yeah, yes. I bet you they'll be using both of them in some respect. Yeah, because I'm sure they will, because they'll probably have them all out there, you know?
0: Uh, You know what? Maybe um, they'll do one of those things for the finals, or maybe they'll even do it for the Final Four, where they do the the team cast.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they do do that. I mean, I was thinking maybe that, because, you know, they were even working... Friggin' Doug Gottlieb in. Like, they'd have him come and give, like, a pregame analysis of games while, like, Barkley and Smith are in the studio with those guys.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I'm thinking, you know, what I'm thinking to myself is, Charles Barkley has to think friggin' Doug Gottlieb's the biggest douchebag in the world. <laughs> He's probably like, listen to this smarmy asshole. He is a smarmy asshole. Yeah. Oh, thank God. You know, there was a rumor a couple of weeks ago, well, week and a half ago now, that you know Gottlieb was lobbying for a couple of vacant head coaching positions, most prominently being Oklahoma State, his alma mater, yeah, and the other one being Tulane. And I'm like, oh, if Tulane hires Doug Gottlieb, that's really gonna suck because I kind of I have an interest in that team. Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to see him too well, but I don't want Gottlieb to be their coach. Well, they hired a way-off-the-radar coach yesterday, a one Mike Dunleavy senior. No way. Yeah, 62 years old, has never, hasn't never has coached in six years, has never coached college. But, you know, it's crazy. But, you know, they got a struggling program. You got to friggin', you know... You gotta take a chance sometimes, but I think I, I kind of think it's a genius hire.
0: Yeah, it's like the Larry Brown effect.
1: Yeah. Cause another thing is, you know, he's got international contacts too, you know? Yeah. I mean, you look at a team like Gonzaga, they're always full of international players. You know? So that's kind of interesting. Um I don't know. I I do like seeing Barkley even though like he doesn't really know that much about college basketball. It's just, I just like Charles Barkley. But so what was it? Thursday night of the first round of sweet 16 games, you know, Kansas was playing on Thursday night and they were showing like in the studio. They're like, uh, they're showing a video from Kansas, spring football practice. And all the guys are in their football uniforms and there's a basketball hoop out there and they're shooting on the hoop. And, Greg Gumbel's like the Kansas football team is showing support for the basketball team by shooting hoops on the football field today. <laughs> and what I'm and I'm thinking a certain thing to myself, and I was like, oh, that's funny. And then Barkley says exactly what I'm thinking. You know, there's like a little pause, and Barkley's like, oh. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's like, well. <laughs> He's like the football team shooting hoops. He's like, I guess that's why they suck at football. <laughs> 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 and oh. all the other guys are like, oh mm. man, you went there, you know? Because like, <laughs> like no it. one else. Even if the other people there knew that Kansas was a sucky football program, nobody but Barkley would say it. And it, and it does kill me the idea of Barkley knows Kansas sucks at football. Right,
0: I like Barkley because in in addition to into that in addition to that wit, he's really self aware. They he's talking about something. He's like, listen, uh, when I he was breaking down something. He's like, when I play defense, he's like, wait, wait, I didn't play defense, but when somebody plays defense, <laughs> and then he breaks the play down. You know? Yeah, yeah. I watched the, all the games on the app, so I see that. Um, what is it? Is the it Capital One commercial with Charles Barkley? Yeah, yeah, with
1: him and um freaking Spike
0: Lee and Samuel L. Jackson. And there's only three or four of them but they're hysterical.
1: Yeah, like the more he comes dressed up like Spike Lee, right? He finishes his sentences. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think those are really clever commercials. Yeah, yeah. Cuz he's really self-deprecating. He has no really problem is. making it look like he's like an idiot, even though yeah. you know he's not an idiot,
0: you know? Yeah, he's great, man. I like him. I'll
1: tell you this much. The high point of my life was when they had the all-star game here a few years ago. And I think I've probably told you about that. I went to this party they had after the, uh, skills competition in this big old tent they erected next to the arena. And there was a upstairs, uh, VIP section. And everybody like us, we're all just hanging on the ground. Kid rock was playing, you know, uh, And upstairs, you know, all the all the VIPs, like basically all the the Turner talent and probably executives are all up there along the rail. And and I look and Barkley is up there and he's completely trashed and he's jamming the Kid Rock standing right next to Wolf Blitzer. (laughs) (laughs) I I took a couple of pictures of it, but they're kind of grainy because, you know. Uh, in a room not big, Zooming only works so much, you know. But I right. was like, "That's Charles Bark Charles Barkley hanging out next to Wolf Blitzer at a Kid Rock uh, at a at a sponsored a Bud Light sponsored party where Kid Rock is the is the entertainment." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "This is the best thing ever." Uh, that was the time I probably told you that that same thing. And I was completely bombed at this point because I'd been drinking all night. And you go to this party and, you know, it's all open bar and they're just trying to get you drunk. I'm standing there and like on his way to go to the stairs to go up to the VIP section comes Steve Kerr. And I stopped him and he was so nice to me and I was completely drunk. And finally, you know, I was asking him about what he thought. It was the year we had Ennis, you know, he's like, oh, sir, he's going to go far. I was like, but the Wildcats, you know, because he's an Arizona Wildcat. He's like, no, no, they don't have it this year, man. And finally, I was just like, all right, man. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But thanks for (laughs) for bearing with me. (laughs) Because I'm thinking he's probably like, he's being nice to me because you don't know who you're talking to because it's a sponsor event, you know? Right. I could be some... Fucking huge beer executives, kid, or some bullshit,
0: <laughs> right? Or one of the uh, one of the stars of *Impractical Jokers*, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Who the fuck knows? Now, these yeah, days, yeah, exactly. Doesn't exactly. even matter.
1: And I realized, like he's just being nice to me because he because he's he's smart. He's not going to be an asshole to me because you never know who you're talking to. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But
1: I, I was like, I'm sorry, man. You. <laughs> But thanks for being cool with me. Because <laughs> I felt bad about that. I was like, the last thing this guy wants is to get assaulted by some drunken fan. <laughs> but we had a good conversation. We talked for like three or four minutes. You know,
0: <laughs> he uh, he strikes me as somebody who who would be cordial.
1: Yeah, he like he was like he he entertained me and like I was like oh he, he's like no sir he's like I, and that was before we started collapsing near the end of the season, which kind of foreshadowed the loss to Dayton in the second round, you know? Right. But, uh, but yeah, that was fun, but Charles Barkley and, and Wolf Blitzer, that shit, I still can't get that out of my mind. It's just such <laughs> a weird combination. <laughs> uh. Plus, like, if you see Charles Barkley, that's where you want to be when you see drunk Charles Barkley. You don't want to be in throwing distance of him, where he can throw you through yeah all- <laughs> <laughs> Because I could see how it could be really easy to have a misunderstanding with Barkley if he was drunk. <laughs> and he's a massive dude. What, was that, that was in Arizona where he threw the guy through the plate glass window, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, thank God, because that would have been a bad scene if I went up and, like, because if Barkley passed in front of me, the like way Steve Kerr did, I don't think I could help myself but to say something to him.
0: Oh, no, absolutely.
1: I mean, I wouldn't be an asshole. I'd be like, Charles, you know, or something. Or I could, and it might just piss him off or something, you know? Yeah. Accidentally call him the round mound of rebounds and realize he doesn't <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> uh, well, um, I don't know. You got anything else? Um
0: a couple of odds and ends. I um took a took a big step in middle them this week. Oh, what'd you do? W- went and picked up my glasses. oh
1: first time you're wearing glasses?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a scam.
1: Yeah, yeah, just like dentist. I got two
0: pairs. Um I went and got the eye check and and I guess I guess they tried to sell me on like progressives, like distance. They're like bifocals, I guess. Okay. A newer version, basically. More modern. Exactly. But I said, no, I've never worn glasses before. I'm not going to try to adjust to, like, bifocals. Get me... If I need reading glasses, give me reading glasses. And if I need seeing glasses, give me seeing glasses. So the problem I was having, and this is what tipped me off to it, um, was that I couldn't read the scroll on ESPN.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yeah. yeah. And I was having a hard time following the action, not knowing what was going on. I'm not going senile. But like blurring? Yeah, like a really fast-paced game yeah. was hard to keep up with. Um, and I've been watching a lot of soccer lately, and that's, for as much shit as soccer gets is not being exciting, It there's a lot of movement. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went and got my eyes checked, and they said, listen, you need them for seeing, uh, distances, watching TV or whatnot. Um, you also should get them for reading. And I said, well, what about computer? I work at a computer a lot. And they're like, oh, well, that's the case. You should get computer, too. And I'm like,
1: <laughs> I'm not going to
0: buy three pairs you of glasses. You eight different pairs of glasses. Right.
1: And, then, so, and glasses aren't cheap. I know that much.
0: Well, the this is why I said I only want two, because... When you get an eye exam at this place, you get two free pairs of glasses from the cheap shelf. Okay, yeah. Well, that was a stressful experience. Because I'm kind of one of those people who, if you were to tell me I have good eyesight, I'd be like, oh, I guess I have good eyesight. But then if you were to tell me that I had bad eyesight, I'd be like, oh, I have bad eyesight. You know, (sighs) I'm not confident enough in my own you know my my own self assessment i'm not self aware enough to figure that out so i go to the eye doctor and um you know they're like these are your options and i'm checking out the the frames and i couldn't find a pair that looked good on me cuz they're the cheap ones you know yeah so i found the same frame i just got it in different colors now i got to remember which one is for reading and which one is for
1: See, that's why I'm afraid of wearing glasses, because I I'm afraid of what I would look like in them.
0: Well, I only wear them; they never leave this room, because if I'm going to go out, because Roscoe will
1: make fun of you.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, He actually said I looked pretty dashing in them. They're your standard like black.
1: Well, I mean, good thing about you, I think you look better with glasses, having a bald head.
0: Uh, And I have a beard. I look very scholarly.
1: Yeah, there you go. You look like you're probably up to something, even if you're not. Right. And I'm
0: constantly looking for them, even though they're on my head, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, where are those glasses hitting your head? Uh,
0: So, um, I've noticed it is. I put them on, and I can read the screen better. I don't necessarily know if I can see the action better. It's it's weird getting used to them. I'm still, like, breaking them in, but... um, Yeah, so I watched the game this weekend. No, this weekend will be the first time I'm going to watch the game. With glasses. With glasses. But if I go out, if I go out to like a bar or something, I'm not going to
1: bring my glasses with me. Yeah, seeing what's going on, be damned. Right. Following (laughs) the action, be damned.
0: (laughs) Well, I think if I can get at the right, if I'm far enough away, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, yeah. And if I'm
0: close enough, it doesn't matter. Huh, but I, I'm doing that thing. I'm like a, a five-year-old. Um, I have my glasses on, and then I'll take the glasses off, and then I'll put the glasses back on to see if there's a change. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's a huge change, huge difference. makes all the difference in the world.
1: Yeah, well, but I
0: can't tell now if I'm seeing double on the screen, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm probably not. If I have to wonder... If I'm yeah. seeing double, I'm probably I've not seen,
1: seeing double. Since when did they go to ten men a side in basketball? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why so, are there six referees out there?
0: That was my uh that was my big event this week, picking up my glasses.
1: Uh, well, that's exciting. Yeah. I guess.
0: <laughs> Who knows? Who knows?
1: But that's it, man. That's all I got. All right, that's man. Well oh my god. god. I don't have anything. I'll be watching the damn friggin' game on Saturday, two hours away from Houston at a friggin' camp. Oh, I'm so frosted about that.
0: Yeah, that's gotta be torture.
1: Yeah, watching it, like I was saying earlier, I hate watching a game around people, much less a group of disinterested LSU fans. You know? Guys that don't even really like basketball to begin with. Right. Ugh. And it's all because we could still do the draft this weekend. And if we started at noon and ended at four, I would be like get in my car and drive directly to Houston. It's two hours away, you know? Right. And just make my way down to wherever. Houston sucks, though, because it's ridiculously spread out and huge. You know, it sucks. You know? I mean, it's like one of the, you know, top four or five largest cities in the country as far as population goes but like where in new york where everything's you know 10 million people or whatever within a small confined space houston like you're going 50 miles away to get to the other part of houston you know it's ridiculously huge yeah like it's everything you think is sprawl but whatever the case is one of the guys is the coach of his kids t-ball team and their first game is saturday you know it's like come on man it's t-ball can't you you know give it to somebody else to coach for a day they're not gonna hey they're hitting off a fucking t how much coaching <laughs> do you need to do that's gonna blow the whole season if you're not the first game right you know which really sucks because if we if that didn't happen, we could have started the draft at twelve and be done by three or four. So no, nope, I'm only stuck there. And then the other problem is, you know, even if they win, there's no way that I can go there Monday because at first I was like, well, I could drive there Monday and then turn right back around and drive home, you know, and I won't miss work on Tuesday. And then I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that, you know, <laughs> and I. And, you know, for certain reasons, as you know, I really can't afford to, to miss an extra two days of work this week. So.
0: Right, right.
1: <sighs> oh, oh, well, it just sucks for it to be that close to you. Yeah, well, I mean, like we
0: talked about the other day, the problem is, is that we lose 100% of the final four games you and I and Mike Peters aren't in attendance at.
1: Yeah, no kidding. So, like, what does it mean if I go there anyway if you and Mike aren't there?
0: Well, then I would say it gives us a 33% chance of winning.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, last time they were in, they were in Atlanta, and that was feasible. That was technically drivable. Problem is I really don't know anybody in Atlanta. Well, I probably do. It's just that what I would have to – if I'm not – if I can't think of them, it's not somebody I'm dying to reach out to. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But Houston, well, Houston, I new guy texted me the other day. He's like, oh, well, we're going to be here. He's like, but if you decide to come, you can crash in our hotel room. And that would have been perfect, if not for the fact that I got to be at the friggin' thing. Ugh, whatever. I'm just fed up with it, man. Fed up. <laughs> you know, because I'm mean, sitting there and one of the guys in the league, his brother, who's also in the league with us. For whatever reason, he's a huge UNC fan. So today I was texting because I said, "Screw it, I'm not driving there. I'll ride with him." You know, just take all that stuff out because it's a pain. He has to drive three and a half hours away anyway. You know. Yeah. And I was like, "Is uh," I was like, "It's gonna suck." I was like, especially if Cole is. Si-. I was like, if Cole is sitting there rooting openly and voraciously for UNC, it's gonna be a bad scene. He's like, oh, well, Cole won't be there, so don't worry about it. I was like, good. Because <laughs> that would really be miserable. In a room of like eight people where only two people care about the game and one guy's a big UNC fan. Right. And the other side of it is we're going to be big underdogs. So if by some chance that they're kicking our asses, he'd really be rubbing it in. You know?
0: Uh. Uh, here's why I don't feel conflicted about uh about not making an attempt the cheapest flight to go into Houston on a Tuesday and uh, to go in on Houston on a Friday and come out on Tuesday, 500 bucks, $800. Ugh. Ugh, that's crazy. No, that's crazy. thank you. Even if I had it.
1: See, I mean, for me, it wouldn't be that bad because I've, I've made that drive before by myself. It's five and a half hours. Yeah, you know that's that's nothing, and then especially being at Lake Charles because you're Lake Charles is basically right near the Texas border. You know, like it's so far over there that it's more Texas than Louisiana. Right. You know, like the college that's there, McNeese State, where Joe Dumars is their probably their biggest alum. They're the Cowboys. It's it, you go out there, people wear cowboy hats. It's not like – it's really just not like Louisiana. It's totally different. You're that close to Houston. It's two hours away. It's the perfect location to be when you're just going to be like, fuck it, I'll drive to Houston. Because <laughs> that would have been perfect. Oh, stay in Lake Charles for a night, get well-rested do the draft, and then just drive to two hours. That's a hell of a lot more appealing than – all right, you got to get up and drive five and a half to six hours. <laughs> does the
0: does it have
1: to be in Lake Charles? Uh, are people
0: coming from different areas that that's the most yeah, convenient place? Yeah, yeah, there are
1: people coming. See, the guys at Family League, like Todd and his brother and, and a few of the other core guys, they, they're from Lake Charles. You know, they all went to high school together. And one of the guys, like uncles or whatever, has a – has. it's a real cool place. It's a fishing camp.
0: Yeah, I remember you explaining it to me? Like yeah, it's like the,
1: and it is a great place for something like that. And the problem is always trying to find a good time to put this damn draft. Like the the last time I was that they had it there was two years ago, and that's the year we lost to Dayton. You know, and um, and that sucked watching that game of those people. You know, because people are like, oh, why are we watching this? <laughs> I, yeah,
0: I remember that. I remember that. <laughs>
1: You know, it's a place, isn't it? I don't really consider it a good place for me. I mean, it's a cool friggin' place, but as far as watching SU, and then this year when they said April 2nd, I was like, oh, yeah, big deal. April 2nd fine with me. It's not going to interfere with St. Paddy's Day. And then, you know, you got all these people with other commitments. Can't do it in Easter weekend, you know? But we have to do it this weekend because baseball starts next week. Yeah, yeah. You know? But, um,. So, like, I never imagined Q being in the Final Four would be a problem. Right. right. You know, especially three weeks ago, I never imagined it'd be a problem. Even after we beat Dayton, I wasn't like, oh, this is going to be a problem. I was thinking about it, but even going on, I'm like, well, I don't really, you know, it's like, I want to keep that open in case I need to go there. Although I didn't really want to say too loud because I didn't want to jinx it, you know? And then we find out, well, actually found it before, the guy, he finds out like maybe three weeks ago that we can't, that there's going to be a conflict at some point in the day because of the kids' little league game, because the T-ball game, because they had just announced the schedule that they were starting that weekend like three or four weeks ago. Right. Whatever, man. Who the hell starts T-ball that early? seems (laughs) early to me.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You guys are on a different schedule down there, but.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's more. See, the guy whose kid it is, he's a dude that actually played college baseball. Like, he was a prospect, you Uh, know. So maybe it's it's T-ball, but it might be with more serious people, you know, who plan on eventually getting their kid, you know, the travel ball thing eventually. Yeah, yeah. So that might, because to me, I do think that is early to start kids baseball, you know. Like I'm pretty sure we weren't starting kids baseball the first week of April when I was a kid. But then again I just played regular playground ball, you know?
0: Yeah. I don't but, I don't remember.
1: Yeah. But I remember now they being got all these cold. travel teams and these serious organizations you get in, and once you get in, you're in it for life, you know?
0: Yeah. What's um where's the house? Like on on a lake? Yeah, it's called Big Lake.
1: I imagine you're looking at a map right now.
0: I am. I found Preen Lake.
1: Yeah, it's called Big Lake. The uh, the uh, there's a bunch of lakes out there.
0: Lake Charles, ironically. Yes. Yeah. Let's see if I find Big Lake, Lake Charles. Big Lake, Lake Charles. Oh, oh my goodness! Way different than I thought it was. It looks like it's calling Calcasieu. Uh,
1: Calcasieu. Calcasieu. Calcasieu Parish. Yeah. Calcasieu. Yep. So it's close to the it's
0: close to the Gulf.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's wedged in there basically between the Gulf and Texas. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Yeah, they they Hurricane Rita kind of hit them bad, which was the hurricane that came like right after Katrina. Okay. That year, there was like a double whammy. People don't remember Hurricane Rita too much, unless you're down here. But Hurricane Rita kind of fucked up that area a bit.
0: Oh yeah. All right. I see. uh, I got the big lake here. Huh? It kind of looks kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I mean it is a cool place, and and like I'm saying, like the guy that owns it, you know, his uncle or whatever. They they uh they have quite the family fortune, so it is like. You know, like, it's a nice place, you know. And we're going to boil crawfish and all that. It just sucks that I got to be there while Syracuse is playing two hours away. And it's a
0: sleepover thing?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, we're going up Friday night. I'm going to leave work probably around 3 on Friday. And we're going to roll out of town, I guess, around 3.30 or so. And we got to swing swing through Baton Rouge and pick up a guy, which really sucks. I mean you gotta go through Baton Rouge anyway. But what it sucks is Baton Rouge traffic is the worst traffic in the world. It's it's almost like you're Baton Rouge for a city as small as it is, it's it's like you're in like New York or Atlanta or some BS, you know, with their traffic. Yeah. It's stupid. You know? It's just because it's a small town and it keeps getting bigger and they don't and they never want to build anything or They build stuff and it's always gone on. I think that probably is because that's where the capital is. Okay. So the projects are always ongoing. Right. (laughs) You know, it's all just friggin' terrible. Nothing's worse. I'll take, that's the thing about New Orleans. Like, even when it's bad traffic, it's never that bad here. You know, like, I get peed off when it takes me, like, I'm so used to being, like, such an easy drive into work in the morning. You know, I'm going in for nine o'clock like most people in the world, but it's like, if it takes like all of a sudden like an extra five minutes, I'm like, what the fuck is going on today? (laughs) 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 You know, because I remember um, when I was doing volunteer stuff at the Pro Bono Project before I started getting paid for my job, uh, they'd have these kids come in during spring break uh, from law schools to to do like service work where they, And they'd learn to do, you know, they'd help out at the pro bono project. And I had a group of them in from Illinois right before I left, there was a group from Illinois one week and that group from UNC, but all the Illinois kids. And, uh, I was like, well, come on. Uh, I was showing them how, you know, the court process. And so, you know, you walk from where the pro bono offices, you walk like the five or six blocks down to civil district court, you know, to file the suits and stuff. And I'm like, follow me. And, I'm bitching about the traffic, and they're like, "This is nothing." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I know. It really is nothing." You know, they're they're from Chicago. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're spoiled. I'm like, "Geez," i was like, "Y'all have no traffic down here." <laughs> but I think that's what it is. People get pissed about any traffic because you're used to having. Like light traffic. So anytime you're stuck, but they got people that live in places where that's a daily routine where you're just going to be stuck in traffic for an hour at a time. Yeah,
0: I, uh, I commute one day a week. So and it probably twi-
1: really pisses you off.
0: It's a 25-minute ride. If it takes me longer than that, I'm like,
1: what's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's like, it takes me, you know, on a good day, 15 minutes, but generally it's like 20 minutes to get to the office which isn't bad, you know, you are just dealing with lights. And stuff. So if it's like longer than that, it's like what the hell's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and and no matter what, you can never really see what was slowing everything down. It's like why today is this road packed.
0: <laughs> right. <All> right
1: <laughs> It never makes any sense. You know because rarely do I get up there and be like, "Oh, okay, there's a six-car pileup." I never understand what's taking so long. <laughs> Oh lord. Alright, man. All right, good
0: stuff, brother.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Go orange.
0: Go orange. With apologies to Girk's brother. We'll see you guys next week.
1: Yeah. Good night, Fredo.